Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we love to give a voice to the women whose story is moving, meaningful, and compelling. I'm super excited to have a friend of a friend on the show today, um, Diane Darling. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being it's here. A, it is a pleasure to be here, Susan. Thank you for having me. Well, great. I know that for many of us, times are um, different and challenging and changing, but for those of us who have worked from home for, say, two years, as I have, this is not such a difficult transition for me. How's it been for you? It's been, um, it's been hard because my work is very involved in doing workshops and speaking at conferences and helping people you know, in interactive settings. So it's been, it's been tricky. It's been tricky. I think um, everybody's adapting. Um, some things are going online. Um, and I think it's just making everybody pause and revisit a lot. Do you think things will go back to, now I have to say, I too travel the country. I give workshops. They're very interactive. That is what I do for a living, and it too is suffering for all the obvious reasons. And I'm glad that you pointed that out. Um, this doesn't keep me from doing my podcast, which is what I do for giving. Um, but what you just said is so important. I want to think about this before we um, tell the audience about you. Um, what do you think? You know, I, I think a lot of this will stay the same. Like, I don't think we're going to go back to the way it was in many ways. What do you think? I don't, no, it's a new normal. New it's normal. A, I, I mean, I, I, I don't think that, I don't think that wherever the, the client I was speaking with before, um, I had a couple of call, calls today. One was with a medical device company and I was going to be speaking for their cardiologist, their women cardiologists. Um, and we're going to do that online. We're going to do that in a virtual setting. Um, and then we're looking at 2021 to do something in person. The nice. next client I was speaking with, um, they are a very sizable company that goes in and actually does the cleaning and life science labs, as well as shopping malls and business offices. And the conversation we're having with them was getting people into the mindset for reentry. And what is that going to look like? Yeah. You know, are you going to want to be in a crowded elevator? Are you going to want to be in a movie theater? Exactly. These are uh, this is so very... powerful. Exactly what I was shooting for. Yeah. Yeah. These. Are... Go ahead. The, I'm sorry. These are some of the, you know, bigger questions that people are asking and wondering how to move forward. Yeah, because this isn't going to go away. This is this is now um, something we'll face seasonally, I believe, or um, if the if the experts, the actual experts are spot on in their summation, it will be something we face going forward. Um, good thoughts, good things to think about. How can we right now start thinking about new ways of doing what we do for a living and, and, and in my case as well, a giving. Um, so thank you for that. You, you hit the nail on the head. Even the language you used with the new normal, that's, that's exactly what I think as well. Um, and I think we're right, Diane, <laughs> I think we're right. So let's tell the audience all about who you are. Sure. Um, there's, uh, you know, I, I'm a variety of different things. The main thing I do is um, work with all kinds of different clients from 
doctors to attorneys to uh, engineers to bankers. It's quite a wide range. I've done some work with 20th Century Fox, and a lot of it is helping people reach their potential by learning how to connect with other people. That's, and that was my next question. So who you are and what you do might be different, but tell us a little bit first about what you do since you uh, mentioned that first. So tell us what you do. Yeah, so what I typically do is I do um, in-person conferences and workshops and speaking engagements, doing obviously some of it online right now, but you know, in-person helping people learn um, everything from how do you speak up in a meeting? How do you uh, crystallize your ideas and say them succinctly so you don't get interrupted? How do you deal with an interruption? How do you deal with um, just, let, I hate, I, I'm trying to get the word just out of my vocabulary because I think it's not necessarily a good word. Um, having said that, where we want to go with this is thinking about how people can build relationships and what do those relationships look like. Uh, my, my definition of networking, if you will, is building relationships before you need them. And now we need them. Now we need them more than ever. And I'm finding that right now, a mistake I think some people are making is trying to connect with, quote, strangers instead of talking to somebody who does know you and say, who do you know and can you make an introduction? So I help people think about that strategically instead of kind of randomly. So are you a, um, you know, do you consider yourself an expert in networking or business development or communications or how would you, if I asked you your 30 second soundbite or your elevator uh, pitch, if you will, how would you describe what you do? Like what's your unique value proposition? You know, Susan, that's an excellent question. And I think right now it's evolving. Ah, my, excellent answer. Excellent answer. My, my, my value proposition three weeks ago was very different than it's going to be moving forward because Good. the world has changed. Yes. Good answer. That's a great answer. So clearly you're nimble and you're aware that you have to bend and weave and bob and flex with this new, 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 new normal, actually. Um, so that's great. So I, I think that you are someone that I would um, put in the category of people I want to know and stay in touch with and benefit from knowing and, you know, pick your brain and ultimately hire. Um, so I'm excited about this conversation. Well, tell us Thank a little you. bit, yeah, in your history, which is um, something I'm very interested in because you and I have a lot of the same or similar interests in what we provide to the public. What has been your proudest professional accomplishment? My proudest professional accomplishment is probably getting published by McGraw-Hill. Oh, wow. That's huge. That's great. That's great. Tell us about your book. And I've been in the Wall Street Journal a bunch of times, and that's probably right up there. And the two are connected because I was in the Wall Street Journal December 4th, 2001. That was the first time I've been quoted several times. And um, uh, I got a call from McGraw-Hill, and they said, we read about you today in the Wall Street Journal. Would you like to write a book? And that's how I got Wow. You know, Diane, um, I have heard your name before and seen you around. Now, I, I mentioned in the beginning of the show that you are a friend of a friend. So I didn't know you directly, but I have seen your name. If I mean, definitely for sure. And no, 
look, that's not too shabby to be quoted in the Wall Street Journal. Um, I would love, that's my dream, by the way, is to actually, I've published a book, but it was self-published. I would actually like to be published by a big house, um, as you have been. So tell us about your book. So a couple of things, and I I actually have an online course um, for people who want to get published. And part of the, well, because when I got published by McGraw-Hill, people were like, I'd like to sit down and pick your brain. I'd like to sit down and pick your brain. And when I was getting fat and two, I'm thinking, why am I not being paid for this information? <laughs> exactly. Um, True. So a couple, a couple of different things is that one, um, if you go ahead and be self-published because then a publishing house can pick you up. So if they see that your book is getting some traction and sales, a, a publishing house can take that actual book and license it is really what it is. Nice. Um, I, I so, have a you know, story to tell. So it's more of a, a personal journey. It's, it's, so that is really my ultimate dream is sort of an autobiographical um, book that I would hope to put out there someday. But you're fascinating. The fact that they saw you and they came to you, you must have had some very compelling um, write-ups in the Wall Street Journal. Well, it was a wonderful article. So the quick, uh, we can go back to the story because the story I have to say is, is remarkable and humbling. And um, so I had started a business called Lost and Found. We were going to help airlines and hotels manage their lost and found inventory. So you leave your beautiful necklace at a hotel. It's not necessarily a, you know, diamonds that someone tries to steal it or sell it. It's really more, you know, it was given to you by your sister or, you know, you bought it for yourself when you got a promotion and, you know, you just, you love it and you, you'd like to have that back. And so we, I put together a small team. I took out all my savings and, um, you know, I was the naive entrepreneur. Of course, this is going to succeed moving forward at the speed of sound. Um, and then September 11th <laughs> happened in New York. Yeah. And so all of a sudden the airlines and the hotels were clearly focusing on, you know, other things that were lost, such as terrorists, and where are these people, and how can we be sure this never happens again? So I found myself in a significant amount of debt. I was not organized as far as having my business expenses separated from my personal. Um, so it was all mine at the end of the day. And I um, had depleted my savings and you know, had made this decision, and I was kind of numb. And I was at a networking event and a woman said to me, Diane, I don't mean to be disrespectful at all. I was just in awe of you starting a business because you've never done it before. And I, you, were, you were meeting the most amazing people and you were getting um, meetings with, for example, the general manager of, of Four Seasons or a high-end hotel. You were getting meetings with senior executives at airlines to discuss you know, how how they process their lost and found. How did you get your meetings? And I said, well, a friend of a friend of a friend, you know, said you two should meet. Here's what Diane's doing. And they would connect us. And they said, could you ever give a talk about networking? And I'm like, why would I give a talk about networking? And they said, cause you're good at it. And I, had the connotation that network was networking was creepy and sleazy and people handing out business cards and trying to, you know, get business from you in kind of uncomfortable situations and sell to you. And they said, no, that's not what it's about. It's really, you know, you are helping other people. 
And then somebody overheard the conversation. They said, yeah, remember when you were telling me about the place where I could find a roommate? And then somebody else overheard it and said, yeah, and remember the time that you said, you know, here's a good restaurant. That's really what it's all about is those relationships. I love so, that story. So before you move on, I want to say, um, this is exactly how I met you. So I am yes. all about meaningful networking and not boozing and schmoozing, but actual meaningful networking where both parties walk away feeling good about the exchange. Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, you're sort of like that book, um, Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty. <laughs> it's yeah. been around for quite a while, but I like that theory. And it's very, um, especially today in this crisis, I think it's more yeah. meaningful than ever to nurture the relationships you have. And it's, I think, I mean, I'm getting calls from people who I haven't talked to in many years and they're saying, I, you know, I just thought of you. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, I, and I'm making those calls. And so I would encourage all your listeners, if, who are two people that pop to mind today? Not 20, two, maybe three, you know, even if it's yeah. just one. And just call that one person and just simply say, I know it's been a long time, but you did pop into my mind today. And I just thought I'd say hi. I love that. And it's not that the time so to sell great. them. It's not the time to, you know, go after them. I've done some work with MIT, um, the supply chain management department, and I've done some work with their teams. And I just, you know, obviously I've done, they've been a good client over the years. And, but I also just wanted to see right now, how can I help the supply chain management people connect with each other? What are some different things that we can do? Because that is how you find the masks. That is how you find the gowns. That is how you find um, all those types of things. There was an yes. amazing story here in New England. Um, our governor had ordered um, masks. And um, because the federal government said, basically, you're on your own to the governor. So the governor ordered masks only to have the shipment intervened and the federal government took it. And the governor was just distraught because he wanted to do what he could to protect the healthcare workers. And so he did some more networking and digging and found masks in China. The challenge was how do you get the masks from China to the United States? Yeah. The governor of Massachusetts then networks and makes a phone call to the owner of the New England Patriots and the New England Patriots send their jet over to China to pick up the masks. You know, I saw that story and it brought tears to my eyes. I love, you know, I used to live in Boston. I live actually in Situate. Um, okay. Uh, it's my favorite place in the country is Boston. I mean, I would, if I, if I had my druthers, I would live there still and forever. I just love it out there. And I do track all their news and I'm a junkie for all things on social media regarding, um, you know, Situate, Cohasset, Hingham, Norwell, that area. Um, I used to work, you know, at State Street. So okay. it's, it's very much in my heart. So I love to hear you tell this story. Um, yes, relationships mean everything. And what a beautiful example of how it can mean life or death. Yeah, and, you know, in the story, you know, since you live here, you know, the rivalry between Boston and the New York sports teams. And oh, there was yeah. A, <laughs> there was a cover of the New York Post and it's and it and the cover said we never thought we'd say this thank you to the new england patriots because a truck of a hundred thousand masks 
went from Boston down to New York for the healthcare workers. That's awesome. That's awesome. I actually think that there's some major sisterhood and brotherhood in that rivalry where, you know, um, yeah, for sure. Um, like it, it, if it came down to it, it would be, you know, New York and Boston against the world if necessary. They would get each other's yes. back. So I loved all of that. I loved um, the relationships that I built while, you know, during the 12 years that I lived there are still alive and well, and we keep in touch. And um, I think they're such a strong, hearty people and just have been through so much and come out with uh, grit, you know, lots of grit, but still with grace. Um, so it makes me like you even more to know that you live there. I liked you a lot before, but now I like you more. Well, um, tell me a little bit more um, about what's the title of the book. I'd like to put the book in our blog that we're going to write about you. Um, I just think this is great. That's my dream is to publish. And then my second dream is to get my PhD, but we'll talk about that another day. So tell me about the book, the title of the book. So the title of the book is The Networking Survival Guide. Nice. Um, and then the second book is Networking for Career Success. Um, and then I actually did self-publish a book called She Said It, which is a collection of quotes by remarkable women. And that's self-published on Amazon. And um, the first book was interviews and strategies for people to learn how to build relationships um, and um, and, you know, figure out how to, you know, make, make, make meaningful connections um, while uh, being thoughtful to other people. It didn't mean that you don't get paid. It doesn't mean that you're not trying to um, succeed. It just is also how can it be relational instead of transactional? And I think that's one thing that a lot of people focus on is what's the transaction instead of what's the relationship. And I think people like you and me are easily identified as outliers of that community. We do not behave that way. This is the whole purpose of this podcast. I shine a light on other women um, for no personal gain. It's you will do the same for others and have clearly. Um, and that's how we change the world, right? It's not about a transaction between you and me. It's about something I've done for you. And then you just do something for someone else. And, and as you uh, eventually look up, you see the, the needle is moving. Um, so on that note, I'm sure there's a lot that you could share. I mean, you could probably host a webinar on this right here, right now, but something bite-sized, what do you recommend that women can do to support other women in business? I think one, hire them. You know, I, I, Boom. Think, it's important. <laughs> I, I think it's important that we pay each other um, we pay each other an appropriate rate. Um, I find it at times humorous that women, you know, well, it's the women's market. Can I get a discount? I'm like, men don't ask wow. for a men's discount. Um, so I think it's important that we do pay each other. I am full. I'm a, you know, I'm a business person. If someone buys 10 workshops versus one, I'm happy to do a discount, but I'm not going to do a discount based on gender. Um, I do think it's important for us to refer each other business. I think it's important for us to do a really great job when somebody re refers business to us. Yeah. yeah. So folks, what she's saying is so powerful. Think about what she just said. Um, 
advise, hire, refer. That's, that's my motto, you know, and, and also think about the power in what she said about um, just because of gender doesn't mean we should get special discounts and such. We need to support one another and know our value and charge what we're worth and then be willing to pay others what they're worth. And right now I have a lot of women who say um, things like in, in my circle, which is pretty big. And there are a lot of women in my circle and they'll sometimes say things, or I'll hear this comment that, um, well, you know, it's 60, 40 men to women. I can't wait till it's 60, 40 women to men. So, and I'm saying, you know, you don't like the way it is now. That's not equity. That's not parity. That's not, you know, so why is it okay if we do that, which we don't like men to do? So I'm with you on that. It should not yeah. be um, gendered. So that's amazing. You're speaking my language. I kind of wish we had an hour to chat because you're amazing. Um, but I, I want to read your books. I'm going to buy your books. I'm going to actually pay full retail price folks for these books. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're worth it. And I'll put a link to all three of your books on our blog that we write about you. Um, right. but in our conversation, I want to make sure that the audience knows it hasn't always been a bed of roses. I know you mentioned your, uh, 9-11 experience and you're being a solopreneur at the time. Um, is there maybe another big challenge or setback that you overcame and what was it and how did you overcome it? Well, that one was significant. I ended up, you know, really being in a hole. Um, I ended up at one point uh, living in the Y because I didn't have a home. Um, that story was on the front page of the Boston Globe about 10, 11 years ago. I, uh, and it took me a while to decide if I wanted to have to tell that story because, yeah. you know, and, and only two people knew where I was living, um, at the time because I was still, you know, trying to build a business and get clients and I didn't want anybody to think I was going to flake out on them sort of a thing. Yeah. You are some courageous woman. Let me tell you, this is incredible. Uh, I am jaw dropped. I'm, I'm like, this is amazing. You are such a great example of fortitude and, uh, you know, resourcefulness. So I think that I want to learn more and share as much as I can in the blog. Um, well, thank you. And I think I'm going through it now because I, you know, I don't know how long this is going to last. I don't know, um, how quickly people are going to be hiring speakers again. Um, I'm looking at, you know, do I transition to a different career completely? Do I try and do what I do online? So I think it's a very confusing and it's overwhelming as you're trying to figure out, you know, really what are the best ways to um, process something that is so jarring. I mean, I, no one in our lifetime has faced this and even people who faced the war, World War Two. It was yeah. that was you know that was bombs. That was angry people. That was Nazis. That was you know cruelty. We can um, pinpoint it. We could see the enemy. We could see the enemy, and and we could, and it was physical. This time yeah. with biological, you know, or God forbid, chemical warfare. These are really hard to really navigate and. Um, you know, and, and there are things that, you know, with society that make some people more advantaged than others. I mean, if you have, you know, a home that is spacious where you have 
dining room tables and offices and kids can go to their rooms for work, then that's different than when you're living in a one bedroom apartment with three kids under tow trying to do homeschooling and work at McDonald's, you know? Yeah, I was thinking about that even, uh, so I'm very uh, connected with a lot of people who are involved in the public education system, at least in California, not not nationally, but in California. And we were hosting a call on how we can help. And I've, I've volunteered to adopt a teacher because mm. they are one trying to survive um, as parents who now have their own children who are homeschooled plus teaching their classes to children who may not even have access to the technology required for online learning. So trying to think of creative ways. Um, maybe you, you know, have ideas. I, I mean, let's put everything we can into the blog because I have quite a broad audience and most of them read the blogs as well as listen to the podcasts. Nice. So, um, yeah, I'm going to share, you know, a little bit about your books because I think that what you talk about in this podcast is very relevant even now, maybe especially now. Um, and I think that your story, your personal story, the fact that you own it, um, if we do get back to life that is sort of semi-normal or like it was, I host events across the country where I invite women to speak and, and tell their stories, um, 18 minute TED Talks, but um, San Francisco was last year, Houston, Texas is this year, Chicago, Illinois is next year, and then Philly after that. Uh, perhaps as I move across the country, if you're interested, I would love to hear your story in an 18-minute onstage TED Talk, and I'll film it. I'll, um, I have a, a professional videographer who films it and gives it to you to splice and edit and share in order to get uh, other speaking engagements, but your story so far is such a teaser. I want to know more. We don't have an hour, um, but I want to know more, so whatever we can share in the blog, I'll make sure the world... Um, probably a tiny universe of people that haven't heard of you before because I had heard of you before. Um, but we'll make sure that everyone hears of you, knows of you, and those who already know you, know you better. No, that sounds great. I mean, I'm happy to come to Houston. I travel all over, so no problems. Well, Houston is booked and we're already advertising for that. It'll be September 24th if allowed. And um, Chicago, I'm still building the uh, circuit of speakers. So I would definitely consider you for Chicago. Um, and we will talk more about that offline. But in the interim, before we hang up our conversation, tell us something, and well, you've told me tons of things that are surprising, but tell us something that maybe our mutual friend doesn't know about you, like a surprising fact that people that know you may not know. Hmm. Well, I mean, I'm very well traveled. I think most people know that who follow me or, you know, I'm very lucky. I've been to all seven continents. Um, I was in the tourism business. I took Americans all around the world for four years, which was like having a PhD in people. Um, I really love is. that. You do. It, you sound like you have a PhD in people. I, it was great. It was great. And it was also amazing as a younger person to learn so much from the generation older than me. And don't you think, Diane, that um, that is one of the greatest tools to combat bias or bigotry is global travel and a broad world view? It's so true. I was talking with someone this morning about um, the hierarchy of races, races in Asia. And oh, yeah. 
why this is important is that often in healthcare environments, there are a fair amount of ethnic racial Asians. And so in some cases, there can be uh, hidden bias and hidden discrimination that you aren't aware of because unless you are aware of how those hierarchies are, it can it can be disruptive and then you also add in gender you add in linguistics you add in socioeconomic situations it can be very complex and so in some cases it's interesting to have experienced i was the only white in for my first grade um, wow. but i didn't know that because i was a kid right right so it's definitely something that's learned um, you know, you just hit upon my, you're talking my language now. This is what I do for a paid living. I travel the country and talk about how gendered communications, if you understand them, can combat bias, but if you don't, can contribute to bias. Mm. Um, and I talk about regional, cultural, et cetera. Um, if interested, I would love to talk with you offline about maybe co-presenting something to my network via um, this new virtual workplace, something to offer as a value add and to give um, and introduce you to my network because you are one fascinating woman. Many of the women I interview are um, fascinating, but I'm just so drawn to what you particularly do and your history of um, global travel and such. Just really, really great. I'm so grateful to our friend for introducing us. Um, let me ask you this. Same here. Yeah, this is important. We're, oh, we're friends for life now. You've got me. <laughs> um, I'm like gum on I'm your shoe. Delighted. <laughs> Let me ask you, how can people reach you if they want to know more about you? Well, probably the best thing is my website, www.dianedarling.com. And um, same thing on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm probably... Email, text is probably one of the better ways to get hold of me, but uh, check out the website. I'm actually taking this time to work on it, so it's a, not very pretty at the moment. It's a little bit of a work in progress, but I thought this would be a good time to do some of those edits and changes and clean things up. Well, that's a great way to spend this time is um, things that got put on the back burner because everything's so client-centric. You know, now's the time to you know, reassess where you are and what needs improvement, if anything, and let's get her done kind of thing. So um, you're amazing. I'm so happy you are on the show today. First of all, you have the least forgettable name of anyone I've ever met. <laughs> I, I got lucky. I, did, I didn't like it as a kid, but I do like it now. Really? Oh, the alliteration, the, the, you know, it's perfect. It's amazing. So I will put all of your contact info in the blog for those people who were not able to jot this down when they uh, listen to the podcast. So don't worry about that. Um, I hope to continue our conversation offline and I look forward to sharing you with my network, Diane. Thank you so much for being here. I'm blessed. Thank you so much. Bye-bye everyone. Have a good day. <laughs>